Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hey, everybody, again, welcome to Tree of Life Church at Home. We are so blessed that you're with us this morning. In fact, let me say it this way. Thank you for opening up your home to us. We've always wanted to come there. We don't know where you live, but we're glad that we're with you in your house, your living room, your bedroom, whatever it looks like. Here's what we know. The church is not a building. It's where God's people gather. And there he is in our midst. Um, I just think this is an amazing time. I know we'd probably rather have moments of gathering again together. And we look forward to those days. But take advantage of the opportunity that you open up your home um, in a way that you're just bringing the presence of God in. That's why it's so significant to get online on Sundays and on other times throughout the course of the week and get the presence of God in your home through this time. It doesn't happen just this way, but here's a great way for you to open up your home and have God come in and be there through your worship and praise, through your time of the word, through prayer, your giving online. All those really create that environment, that atmosphere uh, for God to be the center. And, and I think the more and more that he's welcomed uh, into our homes, the more he's the center of our home, um, the more the other things disappear or dissipate or leave. And that's a good thing. And so we are really blessed this morning to have all of you with us. Uh, let me just give you a couple updates. Uh, you saw some stuff on Tree TV, but I want to remind you at Tree Life Church, the first Sunday of the month, we call Mission Sunday. We ask everybody to take time throughout the month to pray and see what God would have you do. Uh, get with your family, talk. And if God lays a specific uh, missions project or missions initiative on your heart, whether it be local or around the globe that we uh, participate in, then you can designate giving that, or you can just give above your tithe uh, to missions, and then we'll get it uh, to be a blessing where the needs are. And let me just say this, being Mission Sunday during this time, that, um, listen, uh, all around the world, they're being challenged by uh, the COVID-19, the coronavirus. Um, in Mexico, our sister church, Arba de Vida, is uh, walking through a challenge, as well as our missionaries in India and Cambodia and the ministries in China and then in Vietnam. And so I just want to encourage you, um, see what you can do to be a help. And you're always so generous. This church is such a generous church, enabling us to do things uh, locally, for sure, through our Family Life Center, through the McKenna Center, things that are happening around here in our region, and then globally. And so I just want to encourage you, let's make sure that we are aware of the needs round about the world and how we can be a blessing to those as well. So I know that you uh, have an opportunity, uh, you have had an opportunity to give, and you can still do that at any time. Go back through the app, through Text to Give online, however that looks for you, and uh, be a blessing above your tithe in doing that. Your generosity enables us to be a tree alive to a lost and hurting world. And that is especially important in this time. And it positions you for God's blessings. And so I just wanted to share that one more time with you. I also want to let you know that we have life night for our students. If your students haven't already gotten on on one of the nights that they get together and have their online devotionals and then life night on Wednesday night, make sure you find a way to get them on. If you need to get the laptop out or sit with them at the desktop or give them your phone or, or help them work it out with their phone, it's been an amazing time. I've gotten on a few times. I've enjoyed the, the interactive uh, parts of that devotional. And uh, I believe it'll be a blessing to you as well, or especially to your teens, but you as well. So jump on with that. And then let's not forget, uh, we're still moving forward. Everything's moving forward. And next Sunday is Easter Sunday. It is the biggest Sunday of the year. It's when we celebrate the resurrection of God. And listen, you don't need to be in a building gathered together to celebrate the resurrection. We can celebrate it wherever we are. And I just want to encourage you, get ready for next Sunday. Uh, we believe that God's going to move and work in amazing ways, especially on Resurrection Sunday. Um, gathering in your home, inviting perhaps friends, forwarding the link to other people rather, engaging your 
their neighbors and their coworkers and, and sending them access to how to get onto the Church at Home Tree of Life website, find out how to do the streaming or through the app. Um, we are really excited. There's just an expectancy in our spirit about Easter weekend. Uh, we don't look at the limitations, perhaps, if you could say it that way, of having uh, to adjust our services. They're no longer uh, together right now, but in home. I look at the opportunity, not the obstacle. And I think that we can get the gospel of Resurrection Sunday and all that it means, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior Jesus. We can get the word out. We can get the message out in an exponentially greater capacity than we have in the past. So I'm really excited. We're really working hard to uh, seeking God, praying, and then planning for an amazing Easter experience. So uh, you won't want to miss any of it. So get ready, get prepared. You'll see some stuff coming up through social media, uh, ways that you can invite other people to join us, church at home on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. You want to make sure you're doing that. And then don't forget our daily encouragements. You know, every day we're experiencing things. Things change daily. So we need to go to the one that changes not daily. We need to have that balance. Sometimes we get too much into the change that's happening around about us. Then we got to go back to the steadfast one, the immovable one, the unchangeable one to make sure we're anchored where we need to be. And so you can, jo- you can join us by jumping on at 8 a.m. or through our social media. You can get online with us live at 1230 at noon for a time of worship and uh, an encouraging word or prayer. And then in the evenings, look for something from us as well. And uh, make sure that you are forwarding that to all the people that you know on your contact list and and your Instagram and your Facebook Live and all the other things that are out there available to you. All right, enough of all that. I am ready to get into the word with you today. And so this morning, open your uh, word up to, your Bibles up to Psalms uh, 77. I wanna wanna talk about the scripture here that really has been... um, Really, a, a really an inspiration to me during this time. You know, there's there's times and seasons of life, and and I can think back different times in my life where I've experienced different things, and I've held on to a promise. I've had a scripture that God has put in my heart or a burden for something in my heart, and I've held on to that. And I want to share. I want to start opening up with a scripture that uh, through this time, as I've been listening and encouraging myself, and listening to other people encouraging or ministering the word, uh, speaking specifically about the time that we're in. This scripture has jumped out, and I have just grabbed a hold and locked onto this. I want to start with that, and then when I get into our message, and it's in Psalm 77. Let's take a look, verse 13 through 14. Here's what the word says. It says this in your Bible. It says, your ways, God, your ways, God. This is Psalmist speaking to God. Almost like, like I just am reminding myself, I'm calling out to you, God. I'm, I'm just saying, acknowledging that your ways, God, are holy. Your ways. There's no other way that brings hope. There's no other way that brings power. There's no other way that gets us through other than your way. But your ways, God, are holy. They're just, they're righteous. What God, uh, what God is as, what God, and this is a question, what God is as great as our God, which is, it's a statement more than a question because the answer to that would be nobody. And I almost think it's like, what God is as great as our God? None. There is no other God like you. You are the God who performs miracles. You're the God who performs miracles. He's still performing miracles today. He's the God, the only God that performs miracles. And you display your power among the people. He's still doing miracles today. His power is still on display today for his people. And I want to encourage you to hold on to that truth. It's been, it's been an anchor for me to hold on to this truth that God is still doing miracles today and he still displays his power. I don't know about you, but I've seen many times moments already in this season that I've needed that. I've needed to know that. I've, I've, had, I've had to go back to that truth and remind myself when other things look different or contrary. And I want to encourage you in that today. Our God performs miracles. He is a God of miracles And miracles happen in common, all kinds of forms. 
In fact, when you look through the scripture, and we won't go through all that today, we will talk about one. But, you know, there's, uh, and, and just in the gospels, there are several miracles that, that Jesus did, up around 35 miracles that he did uh, that are recorded in the scripture. Some are, are physical miracles, and some are, are like healings. Uh, some are, are deliverance and casting out devils and, and, and coming out of depression or oppression. Uh, some of them are, um, uh, you, you know, nature, you know, calming the storms, which we'll talk about today. I mean, whatever the need was, whatever there was a need for, God had a miracle for it. I mean, it didn't matter if it seemed like it was healing uh, Peter's mother-in-law of a, of a fever or raising the dead. I mean, he had a miracle for every situation and it's encouraging. It's, it's, um, it just it really builds you up to know that and go back and to remind yourself of that. And I hope that that's a blessing to you. In fact, I love what it says in John 21, 25, talking about the miracles. And now remember, there's probably about 35 recorded miracles in uh, the gospels about Jesus did. But look at what John wrote at the end of his book, John 21, 25. It says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. I don't know if you got that, but it says that Jesus did a lot of things and there's many recorded, but he says, I suppose, almost like he's just kind of pondering, I suppose that if you were to write them all down, like all of them that he did in the three and a half years of his ministry, the world would not have room for the books that would be written. That just tells me he has a miracle for every situation and he has a miracle for everyone in every moment of need. He never runs out. There's an endless supply of his power. Therefore, there's an endless supply of his miracles. And so I want to encourage you in that today. We're going to take a look at one, one of my favorites. Uh, in fact, I love to teach and preach on this one. I love to listen to other people teach and preach on it, which is, which is what I've done. I, I've spent a lot of time. And so I want to bring some things out to you today. And it starts with the, in the book of Mark. Now, this miracle about Jesus calming the storm, we find it in the book of Luke, we find it in Mark, and we find it in Matthew. And you can read all three of those and get a, a different perspective, a different take on it. And you can learn from all of that. We're really going to look at two, uh, Mark and Matthew today, that really to give us the context for our message um, that I want to just share with you today, uh, talking about the times that we find ourselves in. And so let's start reading in Mark 4, 35 through 38. And here's what the word says in Mark 4, 35, starting there. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. Notice he said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. Who said that? Jesus said. It's important to note, Jesus gave the instruction. And then leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. And I don't know why I like that word so much, but furious squall. We don't use that language today, but it must have been a serious storm. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat. So that was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping. Now, let me just stop for a second. What's amazing to me in this is that the, the words furious squall, nearly swamped, Jesus sleeping. Those don't go together. They shouldn't go together. But yet in Jesus's world or those that have Jesus with them, it doesn't matter what's happening around your life and in your circumstances that you can find peace and you can find help in your storm. So you may have the words furious squall, nearly swamped, but you can be found sleeping or at peace or at rest because of the work of Jesus and because of his miracle working power. So the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And it's important to note that in this passage of scripture, there's a couple things that are uh, happening here. 
you see the storm, the physical storm developing, but you see from a physical storm come some other storms. And let's take a look in the book of Matthew and then let's talk about it. Matthew 8, 26. Here's what the word says. Same story, just a different, a little bit more of the story. He says this in verse 26. He replied, you have little faith. Jesus speaking to his disciples. Why are you so afraid? And then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves and it was completely calm. Uh, Note the fact that before Jesus spoke to the storm, he spoke to the disciples. And we'll get back to that in a minute, but let me say it this way. Before Jesus spoke to the fear, he spoke to their faith. And Jesus will always speak to you first before he speaks to the situation. And we'll come to that in just a moment. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Which is interesting to me because they had already been walking and talking with Jesus for a while. They saw him do miracles and yet it was to me, really revealing where their knowledge or relationship with Jesus, where they, where they currently were with him. Um, I think one of the things that storms do in our life, uh, it lets us identify where, we at really, where we're really at with Jesus. It says, even the winds and the waves obey him. He has a miracle for every situation. He has a miracle for every storm. He never runs out. He's always there. Again, I just saw a couple of things before we move on. He commented on their faith before their fear. They responded, what kind of man is this? Indicating that they didn't really have the relationship yet with him that they maybe they thought they did, despite having been around him. In fact, this scripture, passage of scripture, begins with several healings before it gets to the storm. Uh, Jesus healed a man with leprosy. Um, you'll see Jesus healing a paralyzed servant of a Roman centurion just by speaking, not even in the same vicinity, and then that man was healed. And then you see uh, Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law, and then, and then the storm comes, and their faith was being challenged. And the story really, again, there's more than one storm uh, happening here. The obvious one, the first one, is the physical storm. So there's gonna be physical storms in life. We're in a physical storm in our life right now, and it's happening around about us. COVID-19, the coronavirus virus is real. And we need to take all the necessary steps to be healthy and to try and navigate the storm, to be safe. And we know those, we hear the, the word social distance, we talk, wash your hands, uh, hand sanitizing, um, all the things that we're supposed to do, we need to do. We need to respect uh, those that have created those uh, guidelines, the CDC, our local governments, our state governments, our national governments, uh, because we're all facing a very real storm, a very real physical storm. And now understand, Physical storms, however, can quickly turn into something else. And so we're actually going through something that has come out of a physical storm. In fact, it starts there, but then it gets bigger as we allow it or as we're not navigating it correctly. It gets bigger than just the physical part. Um, there is the coronavirus that's happening right now, but it can turn into in your life, it can turn into fear. It can turn into, uh, with all the, let's just say it this way, with all the um, stay at home, with all the quarantining, it can turn into a strained, a strained marriage. It can turn into uh, depression. It can turn into a strained family relationship. And now you're getting on each other's nerves and you're having some really intense fellowship. It turns into worry anxiety, um, things that are now from the outside, the physical part are causing a storm on the inside part. It'll turn into paranoia. It'll turn into sleepless nights. And so um, all that physical storm leads to is another storm, an emotional storm. There's an emotional storm happening, not just a physical storm in this story and in our story today. An emotional storm that, so the physical storm has turned into fear 
and the disciples. The physical storm has turned into worry. Um, and for you and I, it does the same thing. It can turn into frustration. It, it can turn into discouragement. And we get uh, information now about our jobs are changing and our income's changing and, and what we can do and what we can't do. And it, it creates a loss of patience. And you're, you're now short with people and, and friends. And now you're, you're fighting over silly things you never fought with. And you're sitting back and saying, where did that come from? How did that happen? And we're confined to our homes, so there's many tense moments that are happening. And so uh, the storms, the physical storm happening here with the disciples, they were talking about their life, losing their life. They were talking about a fear of, of drowning. And it would take a lot to sink that boat. That boat was made to be on the water and probably had made it through many storms. But yet the physical storm began to get on the inside and create an emotional storm in them that now became the bigger issue they're trying to wrestle with. And so they were fearful for their life. They were gonna drown, uh, but Jesus is in there and he said, let's go to the other side. Now, Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Jesus is in the boat. Remember, furious squall, nearly swamped, Jesus sleeping. He's in the boat. Jesus says, we're going to the other side. Basically, that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact that was gonna happen. Jesus was there going to the other side. We're going to the other side. I mean, I just want to encourage you today, the words of Jesus still ring true in our storm, that Jesus is going to get us. We're getting through this and we're going to get to the other side and we're going to get through this together. And we can't let the physical storm turn into an emotional storm where we feel like we're going to drown. We're not going to make it. We're overwhelmed by, if you will, the wind and the waves or the circumstances, the noise around about us. Um, we're going to starve maybe. Where, how am I going to put food on the table uh, how am I going to continue to pay my rent or my bills? Am I gonna, are we going to be out? Are we going to be able to eat? Are we going to have a place to live? How am I going to put gas on my car? There's a lot of things happening that gets on the inside of us through the physical storm and an emotional storm is created. Now, one thing I find very interesting in Matthew, it said there were other boats. I said, Jesus got in the boat. They were going the other side. There were other boats. You don't hear about the other boats anymore. And what's interesting to me is my assumption would be the other boats were faced with the same circumstances as the, the boat the disciples were in when the physical storm came. And then it came to the part of wrestling with the emotional storm. And you never hear of another boat. It's not mentioned that they made it to the other side. Not that they didn't, but my, my assumption would be they didn't have Jesus, the anchor, the sure thing with them. The emotional storm, the fear, the worry, the same wind, same waves crashing, filling their boat, nearly swamped, furious squall. They probably all turned back because they didn't have Jesus sleeping. Or in other words, you need to know who your God is, because the emotional storm might just be one of the greatest battles that you fight more so than the physical storm. And you have to be anchored in him. And we'll get that into a moment. Those who did not have Jesus in their boat, my guess would be turned back, not necessarily because the physical storm, but that led to an emotional storm, that that's the thing that made them turn back and they didn't get to where they were going. And so just to be honest with all of you, this is a big struggle. Uh, um, Speaking of emotional storms or physical storms creating that, you know, it was at the beginning of uh, March that my wife and I uh, went on a trip. We were on a trip, had been planned for a while, doing a pastor's conference in Cuba. And so we were there, had a chance to speak and meet a, a bunch of people and share and do some things and network. And before we went, we started hearing here in the States, it started really coming up about the uh, COVID-19. It wasn't as, um, as huge as it is now. 
And so we did all our due diligence, looking at health department, state department, travel warnings, everything. Uh, we went on the trip and then coming back, we were pretty much isolated, uh, not a lot of access on our trip to the internet. And so we didn't have a lot of the news that everybody here was getting. And so when we arrived back in the States, we were really shocked at how much had changed in just a short period of time. And again, we double checked all the recommendations from the CDC and travel warnings and State Department and all that. And, and we followed everything that we needed to follow, everything that we were um, expected to do uh, through all of that. But I got to tell you, on the other side of that, when we got back, we started just thinking about it in our mind. We started seeing empty shelves. We started seeing fear and panic. And to be just quite honest with you, when we just weren't feeling good from coming back and it was just fatigue and it was just, we were eating different food. I mean, we've been, we've been on trips all over the world and we've come back and our, our stomach's just not been at ease because we've been eating different and, and maybe fatigue and time zone changes. It wasn't the case time zone here, but a lot of things. It's almost like then every little symptom brought fear to us. And we wondered, I'm just being honest, we wondered if we had contracted that. And we, and we were confident in one sense that we hadn't, we hadn't been exposed or any kind of scenario like that. It's different today, but back then it wasn't like it, like it is now. And, uh, but yet we wrestled with that fear, that emotional part of us. And, and even now, I mean, um, I'm really, it seems like I'm very prone to allergies and, and the good old South Texas allergies <laughs> love me. And so just an allergy symptom. I, I don't know if you've experienced that. I mean, an allergy symptom, a scratchy throat. Um, you know, the first thing that pops into my mind is, is that one of the symptoms? Um, a cough around other people going to H-E-B and waiting in line and six feet apart, social distancing, and, and somebody coughs. Everybody kind of looks <laughs> at that person. And, and you can get to that point where I, I even asked my wife, do I feel warm? You know, can you just come feel my, to my head? Do I feel warm? And, and she'd say, no, you're, you're cool as a cucumber. You're, you're, you're perfectly fine. And, and then she'd be, the next day, it'd be her. She'd be feeling different. She'd be feeling, uh, not feeling her best and waking up. And then we'd be praying over that. And if we're not careful, it's easy to allow a physical storm to be an emotional storm. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be careful and safe. And we should. And everybody, everybody, please be safe and be careful and follow the instructions um, we're, all, we're believing God, but we also have to do all we can in the natural and the natural and the spiritual come together. And so I just want to encourage you and don't take anything for granted. Um, make sure that you're taking this with respect and operating the way that we need to physically and spiritually. But it caused some things in us. And then, and then in those moments, we had to wrestle with some of the fear and, and um, you know, still things that are happening today. We know people that are wrestling with allergies and, and people that are getting colds and people that are getting even the regular flu, if you will, and the panic and the fear that, that comes upon them um, is that emotional piece of us that is easy for a physical storm to turn into an emotional storm. And then there's just the times of, we spend a lot of time together, a lot of intense fellowship. We've had uh, fights, my wife and I have fights over silly things. Really, I hate using this word, but stupid things where you'd look back and say, really, was that that big a deal? And it was just the, the emotional storm that we're wrestling with. And it's easy for those things to happen. So again, understand how this happens. There's a physical storm happening and it can turn into an emotional storm. And that's what the, exactly what the disciples were facing. The physical storm led to an emotional storm. And they're dealing with the idea and the thought of their life ending and the fear associated with that. But the real danger, the real danger, if I can tell you, is the physical storm does turn into an emotional storm, which can turn into a spiritual storm. You remember when the disciples said, don't you care? <laughs> they woke Jesus up. They're seeing the wind and the waves, the boats filled with water. They're fearing for their lives. And their response to Jesus was, don't you care? Now that's bad theology. 
It's bad theology to think that Jesus or God does not care. I mean, if there's anyone that would ever care in every situation for everyone, it is Jesus. In fact, God so loved the world so much, he cared so much, he sent Jesus. So that alone is just bad theology. And it's not even true. That's not even true um, to say that God or Jesus doesn't care is not even true. And so the spiritual side relationally with them started to come up in that moment. They said, and then at the end of the story, which we read in Matthew, they said, who is this man? I mean, they had been walking and talking with him already for a time. And I just mentioned three miracles that they did before the storm even came up. But the physical storm turned into an emotional storm, which is turning to a spiritual storm. And they're even now questioning who is Jesus. Or maybe the storm is just revealing their relationship or the depth of the relationship with Jesus. What it revealed here was maybe they really didn't view him or know him the way they thought they did. And I think that's one of the things that's happening in the storm too. It's hopefully revealing to you and I, where are we really with our relationship with Christ? Where are we really and what we truly believe about Jesus? Do we believe he is who he says he is and he can do the things he says he can do? Maybe storms reveal the real relationship we have or the real level, or the real depth that we have. You know, I can't solve the coronavirus. I can't solve COVID-19. I can do my part for sure. And I need to, to not contract it and to be safe. But I can work on the emotional storm. I can work on the spiritual storm within me. And maybe the miracles here was more about calming the storm within them emotionally and revealing the storm within them spiritually than the physical storm on the outside. And maybe that would be the case for you and I. Because I believe, even though we can't necessarily, there are things we can do in relation to the physical storm, but we all can do things in relation to the emotional and spiritual storm. And if we can get the emotional and spiritual storm under control, if you will, we can weather or manage the physical storm in a greater measure or greater capacity. Maybe it's times like these And we are, every one of us need to be praying and believing for a cure to be found, a vaccine to be created. So we can also stand firm and stand strong in that, but we also need to be able to stand firm and stand strong in our emotions, in our spirit, man, or our belief system. And when that happens, it gives us the ability to stand strong in the midst of our physical storms. First Thessalonians reminds us that we are a spirit, soul, and body. So it seems like every moment that there's a storm or every time there's a storm in our life, there's really three storms, a physical a spiritual and emotional. And we have to address all three. In fact, if we're just addressing one, like the physical storm, we're not really addressing the emotional spiritual storm. And that can still be chaotic or there cannot be peace there. But we can address the spiritual and emotional storm within ourselves and bring peace to us in the midst of a physical storm. And so I just want to encourage you in that. And we're at a place now during this time where we can really grow emotionally and spiritually. Hebrews 6, 19. Let's take a look at that. It says, we have this hope as an anchor. Hold on to that word, an anchor. The hope that we have in God, the hope that we have in Jesus is our anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Firm and secure. We need to hold on, lock into the anchor for our soul, the hope that is Jesus, so we can be firm and secure in the midst of this physical storm, emotionally and spiritually. 
And so I, I, I think we all know when we can picture what an anchor is and what it looks like and you, you drop it down, it's on the end of a rope or a chain, it's hooked to something at the, at the top of it, at the bottom of it, it has the ability to just grab hold of something, to just be lodged or wedged under something on the ocean floor or the lake floor, to grab something that's immovable. The anchor holds onto something immovable so that which it is attached to will not be lost. And so here the Bible says that our hope is in Jesus and he is the anchor for our soul. And really, he's the anchor for our spirit. And so why does your soul need anchoring? Because it has a tendency to drift. And so we need to make sure that we are being anchored to the right thing. We may not even be able to control the wind and the rain, but we can learn to control the emotional and spiritual part of us when we're anchored to the correct things. In the middle of the storm, our soul and our spirit our emotions and our spirit need to be anchored. And, and again, it needs to be attached to something solid and secure. So you may be tossed to and fro at the other end of that rope, but you won't be lost. And so let's talk about three things you can be anchored to today to stay solid, solid and, and secure in your emotions and in your spirit. You can anchor in these three things. Number one, God's presence. Be anchored in God's presence. In fact, we need to cultivate God's presence in our life daily. There's things we need to be doing every single day to cultivate the presence of God in our life. Whenever you cultivate the presence of God, that, that really that means by practicing the presence of God, it gives you a firm and secure hold onto God. And so in our individual personal lives, every single day in our families, in our homes, Sunday right now is great. But every day, find a way to practice the presence of God in your home or wherever you find yourself. Cultivate that, build it. Psalms 91, one through four says this, whoever, whoever dwells, the word dwells really means lives with or invites in intentionally a place in the shelter of the most high. We'll rest, there's our word, we'll rest when we're anchored in the most high. We'll rest in the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord because I'm anchored in him. I am cultivating the presence of God in my life. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. He's my safety and my protection. My God in whom I'm trust and whom I'm anchored. Surely he will save me from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you'll find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. He is your anchor. God's presence God's presence is an anchor for you and I. And we need to practice his presence every day. Not just today. I would encourage you, especially during this time, every day gather with your family in the living room or the bedroom and find some time for worship. Find some time to open the word of God. Practice the presence of God. We need to do that. And let me tell you one of the best ways you do that. We need to be people of worship. Worship is one of the greatest things to bring in, to cultivate, to practice the presence of God. And it doesn't matter, especially in your home. Like one of the great things about having church in your home, you can stand up off your couch or out of your bed and you can sing and you don't have to worry about the people around about you because your family already knows you can't sing. <laughs> they already know. Why hold back then? You have no reason to be embarrassed. So there's no reason why we can't cultivate the presence of God in our home through worship. And I know everybody doesn't play guitar and sing and we can't take Pastor Cody home with us. We wish, he, we, wish we could. Uh, but you know what? You got Spotify. If you're watching us, you have access to all kinds of ways to, to download music. And, and I would say, then you take some time and download a playlist of worship. Take some time and find out different worship songs that you listen to and, and search or Google or send us an email and asking for some suggestions and we'll respond to you. And you can create a playlist that I promise you 
then if you get in a moment, an emotional storm moment, if you'll just take some time to play that, if you have a 20, 30 minute playlist, if you'll just take some time, you've been short with your spouse, you've been getting on your kids, you've been going stir crazy at home, you're being overwhelmed by fear. If you'll take some time, I, I, I guarantee you, you play that playlist and you allow the presence of God in, in a time of worship, it will bring peace to your soul. It will be anchored. It'll be anchored in God's presence. See, peace isn't the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. It doesn't matter what's happening around about you. And times of worship will help you get anchored and you'll find peace in the midst of a storm. Number two, be anchored, uh, God's promise. You need to be anchored in God's promise. And that means his word. The word of God is our anchor. It is the sure thing. The word of God, Matthew 7, 24 through 25 says this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock, a sure foundation. The rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation. It was anchored in the rock, the rock being the word, the promises of God. And listen, this says, whoever does these things, when you do the word, you're anchored to God's promise. When you apply the word of God to your life, and it, it could be in any situation in your giving, hey, when you apply the giving according to the word of God, it anchors you to God's provision and God's resource. And we could be anchored there. Psalms 119.81 says this, my soul faints with longing for your salvation. That I, my soul, my emotions are tossed to and fro, but I have put my hope in your word. Your word is my anchor. You need every day. Spend some time in the word of God. Grab a hold of some scriptures that you're speaking over yourself, your family. Get on your U version and do the daily Bible reading app. Add a few things on. You can find so many things out there now. On our social media, you can find scriptures daily to encourage you. And those things will be anchors for your life. And let me just say this, if you're allowing other things in, and listen, you need to be informed. I try to be informed. I watch some news, I read some things, but listen, you have to monitor that. You have to have a balance. In fact, let me just give you kind of a good rule. If you're watching the news for 30 minutes, then you need to spend 30 minutes in the word because you need to maintain that anchor because the news of this world and the doom and gloom and all the things and the reality of a real challenge in a very uh, difficult circumstance where there's great pain and loss and fear, you need to make sure that you're anchoring your soul and your spirit into the word of God. Don't let your circumstances speak louder than God. Be anchored as promised. And the last thing I wanna say to be anchored in is God's process. I know that sounds funny to say it this way, but hear me out. You need to be anchored in... in um, God's presence, be anchored in God's promise and be anchored in God's process. Jesus said, Jesus said to his disciples, we're going to the other side. It didn't matter if there was a storm coming out and happening. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Jesus had a process of getting from one point to the other. And in the midst of it, a storm came, but Jesus was gonna use it to do something in them. Now, my theology is, and I don't believe that God creates these moments. I don't believe God created this. I believe man's decisions created this. But I believe that there's a process in the midst of our storm that Jesus will use that we can anchor to to come out the other side and come out stronger. Uh, before Jesus spoke to the storm, he spoke to his disciples. Before Jesus spoke to their fear, he spoke to their faith. Before Jesus speaks to your fear, he's going to speak to your faith. Why? Because he wants to grow you. He wants to change you. He wants to use the circumstances that he did not create to help you grow and strengthen your faith, your faith for what is ahead of you and for what the mission that he has for you on. What's he speaking to you right now? 
in the midst of the storm, what is he speaking to you? What is he revealing to you? What is this revealing to you? Uh, the storm, uh, what the pressure, the, the decisions you have to make, the circumstances you're facing, what is, it, what is it revealing in you that God wants to deal with? He wanted to speak to their faith before he spoke to their fear because he wants to build something in you. He wants to use it to, to create something and, and strengthen and grow you. What's he speaking to your faith? What's he speaking to you about your relationship, your disciplines, your routines with him? Romans 5, uh, 2 through 4 says this, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Now, interesting phrase. We glory in our suffering. Now, keep that in, in relation to being anchored in the process because in the midst of our challenges, there is pain and there is suffering, not caused or created by God, but he will use those to develop something in us through that because we know, listen, we know that those challenging times, those difficult times, we know that suffering produces perseverance. And look what it says in verse four, perseverance, character, and character, hope. So look at what the challenge did in them. So God doesn't create those moments, but he will use those moments, a process for you and I to grow, be stronger, closer to him, build our faith. Perseverance will grow inside of each of one of us and we will come through. You'll get through it a lot better than you went into it. And we need to realize I'm going to be a lot better going through this. What can I learn in this? I want to share with you, I didn't give these notes uh, to the team. Uh, just, in fact, I was, uh, before I came up to minister, it just kind of came upon my heart during praise and worship. I want to read James 1, 2 through 4 out of the New Living Translation for you. It says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let, embrace the process and let endurance grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You'll be able to walk through the next storm when you embrace the process. If we anchor to the process, God's process in the midst of the storm and allow ourselves to grow and mature and stretch our faith and to connect with God in a way we haven't, then we will come out stronger on the other side. Challengers are a part of Christian life. Challenges are a part of our Christian life and, a, and God will use those. I don't think and believe he created them, but God will use those to grow us. Let me say this. Trouble doesn't build character. It reveals it. And you need it revealed so you can work on it. This storm revealed something in me. This storm that we're in right now has revealed some things in me. Some things I've been happy about and some things I haven't been happy about. And the things that I'm happy about, I rejoice and celebrate that. And the things that I'm not happy about, I work on that and make and, and develop a stronger a way to manage those things. So really, there's an opportunity here for you and I to really grow through this. The pressure reveals something. If you squeeze something, what's on the inside comes out. I want to close with this illustration. It's not mine. Another a pastor said, it. I love it. I wish it was mine, but I love the illustration. Uh, this, I'll use it in context of, of, of my life. We, my wife and I, we love to go uh, Sunday after church uh, about every other week to a place and get a steak. I love, I love a good steak. And so she does too. So we'll go and we'll order a steak. And a lot of times the steak that we order looks good on the outside. We'll order it a certain way. It'll come. It looks good. And you've been there. You've cut into it. And it's like raw. It's not done yet. On the outside, it looks perfect. But on the inside, it's not done yet. It still, needs, it still needs some things to be completed. And so I'm, I'm the kind of person, I'm just like, I don't want to send it back. I'm embarrassed. I'll eat it however it comes out. I shouldn't, but that's just how I do. My wife, however, if she, opens, she cuts into her steak and it's not done yet the way she wanted it, she'll send it back. And what will they do? They'll put it on the fire some more. 
and so it'll be done or completed. And I know that's kind of a silly illustration, but you know, for all of us, we feel like we're in the midst of the fire and sometimes it feels like we're being cut even. But listen, we need to re- some things to be revealed in us. If we're not done yet, if you will, if you'll go on with me with this illustration, then this fire, the storm that we're in will help us come to that place of completion. It will help us get to a place that we need to be. And none of us likes what's going on for sure. But there is an opportunity for you and I in the midst of this, even if we feel like we're back on the fire again, to come to that place of completion and to be done, if you will. And none of us likes what's going on, but we can anchor to a process that God has to grow us, mature us and our soul and our spirit and we'll come out better for it. And so uh, anchor to God's presence, anchor to God's promise, anchor to God's process. We're gonna get to the other side. Hey, listen, we're gonna get to the other side. You need to say it in your home right now. We're gonna get to the other side. I'm gonna get to the other side. My marriage, my family, my finances, we're gonna get to the other side. And we all need to examine our lives. I think this is an opportunity for you and I to really trust God and lean in. I wanna encourage you, he is the anchor that will never let you go. He is the sure thing, the rock, the foundation. So we need to press in and lean in to him. You know, my heart this morning was just to encourage you in the word, just a reminder of a story where probably most of us are familiar with. My favorite story. One of them I love to teach and preach, but I can't hear it enough because it seems always applicable to the time and season that you're in. And I wanna say today, grab a hold onto the promises in this passage of scripture. Number one, God is doing miracles today. God is a miracle working God. He's there. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He has a miracle for every situation, every time, anytime. He's got a miracle for you and your family. I wanna encourage you to not allow the physical storm that's real and it's scary and there's loss and there's pain, but don't allow that physical storm to get in and become an emotional storm in you. Because then if you don't deal with it right and your emotions go wild and you're not anchored, it'll turn into a spiritual storm and, and you won't even know where you are in your relationship with God anymore. But you can know today, starting today. And if you don't have a relationship in the sense of a a personal relationship as Savior and Lord, then today is your day. Or maybe that the storm is revealing to you that you're not where you thought you were. And maybe you've drifted. Maybe you've wandered a little bit. Well, you can come back again, if you will. You can reconnect, tie that rope again and be connected to the anchor that is a life in Jesus Christ. So I'm gonna take a moment here and I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray a prayer for all of us. And I just want you to, just to receive this in your heart, agree with it. You can pray it out loud. Pray it out loud in your living room or you can just agree with that in your heart or another time, whatever that looks like for you. But here's what I know, that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross, be buried, and then rise from that grave in resurrection power. So you and I can have forgiveness of sins, and a relationship with a holy, righteous God and walk in his life, love, and power. I don't know if you've ever prayed a prayer of salvation before. I don't know if you remember ever praying one. And I wanna ask you today, if you cannot remember a moment in time that you intentionally, purposely prayed a prayer, an invitation, asking Jesus to come in and be the Lord of your life. Or maybe you think you did one day years ago when grandma's sent you to VBS or, or kids camp or whatever it might look like. You can be sure today. It doesn't matter if you're in your home. You don't need me to lead you and repeat. You can certainly do that. You can do it right where you are. And if if people in the family there, if you, mom and dad even, if you know that and you've prayed this prayer and you want to lead your kids through it, I think it'd be great. Maybe, Maybe someone take the lead right now and ask the whole family, has everybody in this home 
prayed the prayer of salvation, asking Jesus, how, how, how wonderful would it be for this moment to come for your whole family to give your life to Jesus and be a part of his family and walk in all that he has for him, has for you. Let him be your covering, your refuge, your shelter, your safety. Well, today you can do that. As I said, I'm going to pray a prayer of commitment. And I want you either you can repeat it or you can just believe it in your heart, grab a hold of it, however you want to do that. And I know this, God is a faithful God and he always says yes to that invitation. The question is, will you say yes to inviting him? So if you will, then join me in this prayer as I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity today to acknowledge Jesus as your son. We acknowledge and we know that he came to this earth, that he was without sin and he went to the cross as our sacrifice and he gave himself He shed his blood. He paid the price that only he could pay for us to have freedom. I thank you for forgiveness of sin that came through the shed blood of Jesus. Father, forgive me of my sin. I receive the finished work of the cross. I ask Jesus to come in to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I receive you now, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to encourage you. Everything changes. Everything's new. Fresh start. New beginning for you. Old things pass away. All things become new. Heaven rejoices and is celebrating right now because of your changed life. And I just want to let you know that we are so excited. We've been praying for this moment for people all over through an online experience to give their heart and life to Jesus. And we want you to know that we are here for you. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you've prayed that prayer to rededicate, recommit, get back on track with the things of God, you can find our online card there on our website, our app, and just let us know. Let us know you said yes to Jesus because we want to let you know, number one, how proud and excited we are of you. And we want to let you know, number two, we're here for you and we want to help you be all that God has for you to be. What's the next step? How do we walk that out? We want to let you know that. Or maybe you just want to walk a little deeper with Jesus than we have information we'd like to send you. And you can do all that in this season. You can do all that right now in the comfort of your home. And you can do all that with us online. Just let us know. Fill that card out. Email us. Text us. Let us know. And we'll send all that information to you. I just want to say again, thank you for allowing us to come into your home this morning. I want you to know that we are praying for you and your family. You are not alone in this. We're all in this together. Remember all the things that we have for you to be engaged in online. Jump on our social media. Go to our website. Go to our app. Find out all the times that things are happening so you can be encouraged. Send us a a prayer request. Send us um, emails or or things that we can respond. If you want somebody to talk to, send us that with a phone number. We'll call you. We'll have somebody pray for you. We'll pray for all the emails, all that. You are not alone in this. We are here for you. And we're believing God's best. I'm going to pray as we close this up. And I just want to remind you and invite you back next week. Do not forget, next week, Easter celebration, our church at home online celebration. I believe it's going to be the biggest yet, going to reach the most people. It's going to reach so many more people than us being able to cram a bunch of people into a building on Resurrection Sunday. So spread the word. Let everybody know. Send all the forwards and emails that you can and we get as many people as we can to join us for that online experience. we got something special and great coming up for your kids as well during that time. You'll start getting all the information or go to our website. You can find all that out. And just remember again today before I close, it is Mission Sunday. So if you 
didn't have a chance to give to missions, you can go back online. You can do that at any time through our different ways of doing that. But certainly lift all our missionaries up in prayer because this is this, this storm right now is covering the globe. And we need to make sure that we keep lifted up in prayer. Not only our people here and our leaders, but there's people that are, are less uh, fortunate as we are, worse off than we are, if you will, that are facing perhaps even more difficult of circumstances. And so let's make sure we do, we can do what we can. And again, thank you, Tree Life, for your generosity. Being a Tree Life to a lost and hurting world, especially in this time, through uh, outreach here in our community and being so generous with all the things we're doing around the world. Thank you so much. You're enabling us to do what God's calling us to do, to be a Tree Life to a lost and hurting world. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this moment in time as we gather together this morning. In every room, in every living room, every home, every car, every office, wherever this may be, it may be Sunday, Father God, it may be another day going back. We know, Father God, that your presence, your spirit, Father God, is ever-present and ever-present help in our times of trouble. You never leave us or forsake us. So I thank you, Father God, for being with all of us. Help us navigate these storms. Help us be anchored, Father God in your presence. Let us practice your presence every day of our life. Let us, Father God, be peoples of worship. Let us be people of prayer. Let us be people in the word, Father. Let us be anchored to your promise. The word of God is true. Your word, Father God, is true and powerful. It is the rock, Father God, that we build a foundation on. Let us hold truly, dearly to that. And let us be anchored, Father God, in the process. Let us be open, Father God, to what you want to do in us and through us. Reveal things to us, Father God, that we need to work on. We need to perhaps relinquish control. We need to ask for forgiveness. We need to repent, Father God, whatever that is, Lord. We know that you can mold us and shape us in this moment that we'll come out better than what we went in. And Father God, let us always know that you are good and you are faithful and you are there and you are taking us to the other side. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again so much, everybody. We love you. God is with you. God is with us. And we'll walk through this together and we're going to the other side. God bless you. We'll see you online this week and this Sunday for Resurrection Sunday. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.